On behalf of the Episcopal Diocese of Maine, welcome to this eight-episode series, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Our guest is Father Martin Smith. Martin is well-known throughout the Episcopal Church and beyond as a spiritual director, a retreat and workshop leader, and an author whose books exploring contemporary spirituality have gained a wide readership. His books include A Season for the Spirit, The Word is Very Near You, Love Set Free, Compass and Stars, and Reconciliation. We hope that you will find each episode in this series thought-provoking in this time of uncertainty and a stimulus to prayer and conversation. Share this podcast with your friends and your faith community and explore with them different facets of hope as a gift of God, the Holy Spirit. Welcome to this second podcast in the series, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Today's topic is Hope and Jesus' Proclamation of the Reign of God. In a time of pandemic and social turmoil, in which the church is having to improvise its witness, we can easily feel spun round and round and lose all sense of direction. In these circumstances, reading scripture is no mere devotional practice or matter of study. We seriously need its power to reboot our scrambled consciousness. As we reset our bearings, priority must be given to re-exploring the original gospel accounts of Jesus' actions and teachings. Our aim over these weeks is to seek the gift of hope. You may be puzzled, first of all, by the fact that the actual word hope seldom occurs in Jesus' original message. The reason is that hope is not an ingredient in his message. Hope is its thrust, its entire orientation. The core of Jesus' message is the announcement that God's reign was actually arriving in the here and the now. People have been taught to believe that God's sovereignty over human life and the world would finally be actualized and take full effect in the future. Its fulfillment would have to wait for the coming of the Messiah or the ultimate resurrection of the dead and final judgment, depending on the type of Judaism you subscribe to. What made news, as we say, was that Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth, dared to proclaim that the approach of the reign of God, instead of being a dream deferred to the end of days, was taking place now in advance, and that he was its catalyst. He was God's representative, whose acts of forgiveness, liberation and healing were the proof that God's reign was gaining a foothold. Wherever he and his entourage went, that place became ground zero for the reign of God to kick in, as we say today. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Matthew 12:28 With this onset of God's reign the deadly grip of the satanic on human existence 
was being pried loose. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning, Jesus proclaimed, when those he had sent out as messengers to the villages of Galilee reported back to him, Luke 10, 17. Now you've heard a gospel quotation in which Jesus seems to teach, quote, that the kingdom of God is within you. That was the King James translation of Luke 12, 21, and it has been often used to claim that the core of Jesus' message referred to an inner spiritual transformation, the obedience of the individual soul to its maker. But the Greek word translated within and the Aramaic expression that lies behind it also means among, and the New Revised Standard Version translates it correctly. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered, the kingdom of God was not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. The reign of God takes hold of the fabric of our life together and changes it. But it is not something that displays itself in some massive historical change or political revolution engulfing society for all to see. Its transformation works through small beginnings, so Jesus compares it to a minuscule mustard seed that will gradually grow into the sheltering tree, or to the trace of yeast that is lost to sight once the baker mixes it into the dough, but has the effect, given time, of swelling the whole batch. The reign of God was taking hold in a community, which at first was a very small eclectic bunch of riffraff and misfits, whom Jesus called his little flock, to whom God was pleased to entrust his reign. Women were, in, were prominent in it, and children held an unprecedented place of honour. And it was no coincidence that those marked in societies beyond the pale were among the first to sign up for entry into the reign, tax collectors and prostitutes, because they could hear loud and clear that God's reign brought with it amnesty and forgiveness, a new beginning and acceptance that liberated them from stigma. No longer were they burdened by their past. They were the first to claim a new identity and enjoy the gift of a new equality and dignity as pioneers of a new order, the like of which had never been seen before. It was this radical amnesty for suspect people that Jesus provocatively offered in parables like the prodigal son, and which he put into practice by daring to forgive sins, a prerogative that by definition belonged exclusively to God. Frederica Thompson, an Episcopal theologian and church historian, has coined a marvellous phrase, living under the authority of the future. I believe it expresses perfectly the spirit and essence of Jesus' good news of the reign of God. Religion is typically in the grip of precedent and tradition, 
It demands conformity to dictates from the past. Jesus' announcement that the future of God was taking hold of the fractured present whose injustices and sufferings tempted so many to give in to resignation and hopelessness or to the futilities of violent insurrection meant that hope was indeed possible. To enter the reign of God was to put oneself under the authority of God's future, changing one's mindset and heart in the complete turnaround, for which the Greek word is metanoia, usually translated as repentance. To enter the narrow gate that leads to life meant to enter into the realm of hope, pregnant with new and unprecedented possibilities of life, grounded in equality, compassion and authentic holiness. The invitation to live from now on under the authority of God's future is what underlies Jesus' daring claim to change the ground rules of morality. For example, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But, I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good. Verses from Matthew 5 And acting under the authority of God's future, Jesus dared to give advance notice of the radical changes that our communities would have to undergo when the reign of God actually took hold. The dispossessed and powerless would finally enter into their own and gain the decent livelihood they needed to flourish. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Conversely, the reign of God would strip away, once and for all, the dominance and privilege of the rich who everywhere monopolize power and resources. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Luke 6.25 only re-exposure to the radicalism of Jesus' own good news of the onset of God's reign will give us a true sense of what it means to share God's hope. Seeking the gift of hope is seeking first the reign of God and its setting things to right. It is willingness to live under the authority of God's future and to start to practice now in advance the life of non-violence, sharing and compassion through which the God of absolute love rules. Please join me next week for the third podcast in our series, 
Its theme will be hope and the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine.